Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Welcome to the Brave Bold Brilliant podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Linfoot, and I am here today with a fantastic guy, the one and only Dan Pierce, who is the CEO and owner of Travel Trade Gazette, one of the best known travel papers and media companies in the industry. Uh, Dan has spent 25 years in media, um, but he also has his earlier career, as I found out, as an actor and a toy salesman. So we are going to go back to Dan's earlier career to hear about his journey. But welcome to the podcast, Dan. Well, thanks very much, Jeanette. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to, uh, to to join you for Bold, Brave, Bold Brilliance. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it's great to have you here because I know how busy you are. So I'm just really pleased that we managed to find the time to get together. Um, so, Dan, obviously an illustrious career in the world of media, um, but why don't you t- talk us through, in your own words, where life started for you and kind of bring us up to date with all the interesting twists and turns along the way? Sure. Well, thank you, Jeanette. Yeah, without going into too much detail, uh, I grew up in Bristol, actually. It's a part of the country I'm still um, extremely fond of. My son's at university there at the moment. Uh, but I, uh, I left Bristol to uh, go to to Goldsmiths College, University of London, to study drama and English um, more years ago than I, I cared to think about now. Um, and as you can probably imagine, my aspirations at the time were very much to, uh, to take to the stage and um, to, to have a career in that direction. Um, and without going into too much detail, as I say, it didn't quite work out that way. But when I, when I left university, I... I did some acting for a short time. Um, I was part of a, an ensemble um, that, that was part of a TV program with Trevor and Simon. I don't know if you remember those guys you know, back in the early 90s. Um, I did some theatre around London, um, but I also had kind of cold feet in that period. Oh, you asked me about the toy salesman bit as well. And uh, <laughs> yeah, around that time, I was also, when I was finishing university, I was working at Hanley's. Um, the toy shop in London, actually, which was a fantastic job and probably the most enjoyable job I've ever had, actually, demonstrating the squiggly wiggly pens and the, the global hypercolor T-shirts and the rest, actually. But learning, again, to be to be very comfortable, um, you know, with, with shoppers and uh, actually kind of playing a role at the front of, at the, front of the store. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I got cold feet when I left university and wanted to live abroad and... Uh, I did a, a course in teaching English as a foreign language uh, and moved down to the south of Italy, uh, to Puglia, um, a city called uh, Taranto, uh, which was a big port, and, uh, and lived there for a couple of years. Um, and, yeah, I guess I learned a lot about myself in that period. That was, that was a period, believe it or not, pre-internet, um, pre-mobile phones, and actually moving moving somewhere which now seems very close um, at the south of Italy, you know, <laughs> at the time felt a lot further away. Um, I learned a lot about myself in that period. And um, I guess there I kind of developed a passion for 
for media, for writing, and I started writing when I was when I was down there. Uh, and it was when I returned when I returned from there um, that really I sort of became focused on a career in the media um, and got into newspapers. Um, I hung around uh, a newspaper in the Cambridge area where my sister was living, and started work ultimately on the Cambridge Town Crier, uh, a weekly newspaper which was owned by EMAP, and I joined the paper with, with the promise of, uh, of editorial training and the EMAP, uh, and that was all set. And then I was there for about two weeks before EMAP sold, got out of newspapers and sold their, their newspapers to another company called Johnston Press. Um, and actually went, with that went the opportunity to, to train as a journalist. Um, but, uh, but I ploughed on, and uh, so I, I never never trained as a journalist, but, um, but carried on. And, um, and yeah, from there, without going into, as I say, too much detail, uh, <laughs> I spent a couple of years doing that before getting into, into business to business magazines and move, moving to London, working through a series of different industries, some very big media businesses and small companies uh, in retail, in uh, in hospitality, um, as managing editor of the Publican magazine. That was a fantastic uh, period of my career, um, just before joining TPG as editor um, in 2010. Wow. So, and then when you joined in 2010 as editor, you know, and then 10 years later to where we are, well, no, nearly 11 years later now, aren't we, to where you are today. Talk us through sort of what you did at TTG and, and kind of how those 11 years has really not only transformed your career and, and your business life, but also the, the sort of publication itself, Dan, because I think there's a lot of value in this part of your journey as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely been um, the most exciting and the, the most, for me, the most passionate part of my career, um, particularly in the first couple of years when I was, I was editor, at the brand, uh, well, up till 2013. Um, and around that time, and we were part of a very big business called UBM, uh, a big multinational corporate, um, which was becoming much more of an, an events and exhibitions business, which delivered much higher profit margins than, than TTG or the other, mm. at the time, print-based brands that they had in the business. Um, so, yeah, we were up for sale um, in 2030. Um, and I, at the time, I was my job title was brand director and editor, um, you know, the, the effectively editor and publisher. And in some of those meetings, I was, I was fronting up the, the brands um, with prospective buyers. Um, and it was in that, that period that um, I just sort of um, thought, you know, hang on, um, I think we were really well as an independent media business on our own, you know, outside of um, any of these people I'm, I'm talking to. Um, so, yeah, to cut a long story short, um, was able to, to get some finance together and set us up independently in 2013 um, and formed TPG Media. Um, was very lucky to bring over some, some brilliant, brilliant people, um, you know, into the new company. Uh, many of whom, you know, will be known by listeners from uh, from the travel industry, um, and and actually just felt, um, you know, very positive to have taken on this brand that wasn't making a lot of money for its big multinational owner, but I, I felt passionately could work very well as 
an independent media business, you know, making our own decisions, making quick decisions, you know, making all those all those cliches true about smaller businesses being more nimble um, and being able to to succeed faster and sometimes fail faster when, when they have to. Um, and yeah, I mean, on, on we went from 2013 and growing quite quite rapidly and quite significantly and having all sorts of success across the business, you know, both with the weekly magazine, the, the Travel Trade Gazette, TTG, um, which has been such a foundation of the industry since the 50s, founded in 1953. And, you know, so many people in travel, I think, have grown up with with TTG and maybe remember the first time that they got their face in there or the feet <laughs> And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of affection for the brand, um, but a lot of trust in our brand as well, actually, as it's very much part of the fabric of the industry. And, and incidentally, it's those kind of those kind of sentiments that have um, caused us recently to uh, to digitise the whole lot. And we've taken the whole archive of the Travel Trade Gazette and put it online for the first time, which is quite an exercise. But it's now a searchable archive. And, you know, anyone can go in there, you know, via our TTG Plus um, membership and um, and actually search for themselves or search for the company history or, or anything that's relevant to, to what they're doing today. Um, so, yeah, so coming back to that, yeah, the, the, very much, I always call it the beating heart of the business, you know, the, the print magazine. Um, but, you know, just like any media business and, and just as, um, as the previous owner had found, you know, it, it didn't deliver enough anymore on its own. Um, it was very important at the time that we expanded faster and harder in digital um, and in events, um, you know, which tend to be, you know, both of those much higher margin areas of the business than, than running a print magazine. Um, and we've evolved, yeah, really well in those areas over the past few years, um, launching all sorts of initiatives um, in the event space, um, from our, our, our awards, for example, the TTG Travel Awards. So in, in the first year of us as an independent business back in 2014, um, you know, we were looking for a new format for our awards. And I think everyone's aware of those very kind of samey, um, you know, industry awards that happen at a hotel on Park Lane that go on for hours. Everyone eats too much, drinks too much, more importantly. <laughs> And no one can really remember who's won what by the time they got to the end of the evening. Um, so back in 2014, we, we wanted to turn that model on its head. And, and uh, no, we thought, what if, what if we hire a West End theatre and, uh, and run the show as a, as a theatre show and actually give out the awards at the beginning of the evening before they've had a chance to have too much to drink and, and forget what's going on. <laughs> and then have a big party around the corner at the Savoy Hotel afterwards. Um, and I, I was really proud of the way we just kind of flipped that model. And um, and I, I remember very well when, you know, as as the business owner, I had to put the deposit down on the Lyceum Theatre, which is the theatre we chose where the Lion King usually plays for their Monday nights off. And, and it was, you know, uh, and I remember thinking at the time, if we'd still have that corporate owner, they would have tapped me on the shoulder and said, you know, don't be dark, you can't do that. But but we went on, did it, you know, and we went on and made a, made a big success of that. Um, and we did that for six years, you know, that, that format. And it, it was a, it was fantastic. But we, we were actually in the process of reinventing that when, when COVID hit last year. But but we'll come back to that. But that, that said a lot about the business, the new business, the energy, the innovation coming from the team. 
Um, and we've done a, a, a lot of a lot of uh, interesting things in the intervening years. You know, I'm, I'm particularly proud that we've become closely associated with areas of diversity and inclusion mm. in in travel. You know, we we've um, for a long time we've run the TDG 30 under 30, celebrating young people. Um, but we re- we began in 2015 TTG LGBT, which was around um, bringing LGBT people together in travel, and also around highlighting the opportunity to sell more travel to the LGBT community. Uh, and we've developed that more recently with um, dedicated diversity and inclusion events, and and actually trying to just sort of be a bit upfront around the fact that actually travel is not great. In, in this area, in, in any of the areas, you know, on, mm. on the, on, and you'll, of course, be really familiar with this, this Jeanette, and, and yeah. yourself as a, as a, as a woman, you know, and you're, you're in a very senior role in the industry, but, but you're a rarity, weren't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there are, there are, it is actually quite a female industry, but there aren't enough women in senior positions, you know, it doesn't reflect the, the shape of the industry or, or the shape of society. For that matter, um, and it's the same around ethnic diversity. Actually, um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we did some work last year, uh, two years ago, with, with PwC, and highlighting just how diversity and inclusion, you know, is not seen as a priority among most travel businesses, and just how actually non-diverse um, most of the workforce, particularly the senior workforce, is. Um, so we we really tried to put those issues on the table. Um, and that's been a, a key part of what we've been doing in the past few years too. Um, I won't list everything, but we've you know we've launched luxury travel and conferences and events. You know that's an important space for us. Um, and actually, the, the most recent developments, you know, which have seen us win some some big publishing awards and getting real recognition from our peers, which, which is so important. You know, we, we began uh, some work around our purpose, our business purpose, in 2018. Um, it was quite a, a, a long process we went through, actually. We went out to engaging external market researchers. We went out and spoke to nearly a 1,000 people in the industry and tried to understand, you know, what they thought of TTG, how we could remain relevant uh, for the future. Um, but also we did a lot of work internally asking our team. Um, and we, we started with why. We started with why. There's a, a book which... Um, I've really taken to heart was Start With Why by Simon Sinek, um, where you literally force yourself to ask why you're doing what you do and why does your business exist? And it's not enough, you know, to, to say, well, it's we exist to put on travel events or we exist to run mm-hmm. a travel magazine or we exist to to connect the travel industry. You know, we, we exist to inspire the travel industry. Those things are great. That's what we do. But it's not why why we do it. Um, and, and the work that we went through with our external research, our internal research, really helped us arrive at this business position at the start of 2019. Um, and this mission, this vision that we articulated that we exist to promote a smarter, better, fairer travel industry. Mm. TTG Media for smarter, better, fairer travel. You know, and that's now sits on top of our magazine, that sits on top of our website. And actually, it sits in virtually every conversation that we have as a team. We ask ourselves, you know, does this project, does this news story, does this planned new event, does this help us promote a smarter, better, fairer? 
travel industry? Is it smarter? Does it does it help give people in the industry that the tools uh, that they need to uh, to do the best job they can? Is it is it better? Does it help raise the standards of people in the travel industry and of the industry as a whole? Um, is it fairer? Uh, is it and by fairer we mean you know we we want this industry to be as fair to each other as it can be, and we want this industry to be as fair to the environment um, as it can be through sustainability and responsible tourism. Um, and um, coming up with that vision has been just so helpful for us internally as a team to understand what we stand for. Um, and also externally, I absolutely love it. You know, when we're recruiting for roles and people come in, well, people come in, you talk to people on Zoom. <laughs> in job interviews, when they come into my world, and they and they recognise this, and they and they talk about this, and and, that, and that's brilliant. It's those things that really helps us. Um, the back end of twenty nineteen, we won a bunch of awards at the PPA, which is the Press and Periodical Association, the PPA Independent Publishers Awards. We were named Independent Publishing Company of the Year. Um, last year, Campaign Magazine named us the the, the Business Media Brand of the Year. Um, and you know, the, on the one hand, they just they just names, they just awards, but you know that recognition from our peers, not only in travel, but actually in the wider media, you know, is mm-hmm. is really important, and actually suggests that you know all these years later, you know, we are achieving something, uh, and we are working towards something, something really special here, you know, and that's very motivating for us. Yeah. Oh well. I mean, listen. There's so much in there, Dan. There really is, and I'm going to pick up on some of the points. But you know, I think in particular the last, you know, as you say, since 2010 when you joined to where you are now, you know, there's a lot of transformational stuff in there that you've you've touched on, and you know, it's interesting actually. The smarter, better, fairer, um, and just being absolutely clear on your purpose and you know your reason why as a business. It's something that I think is absolutely crucial as well. Um, you know, and I spend a lot of time with individuals as well, you know, with my mentee clients or whatever about, you know, they're being clear on their own purpose. So whether you're an individual as a person or a business, having that clarity and being able to succinctly explain it. And the fact you can explain your purpose, your DNA, your values as well, all those three words, I think is incredibly, incredibly. You know, you know, what's, what's, what's really important is not that I explain it. It's no, you could, you could ring up any of the TTG media team and, and every one of them will explain it because we're all on board, you know, we're all working in that same direction. And, And that's what's most important, I think. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Because, you know, you see it, especially in, you know, very often in bigger businesses as well. And, you know, you're still still a size of an organization where you absolutely, you know, you can, you know, get your arms around everyone. But nonetheless, you know, big or small organizations, sometimes you ask that question, you know, what is your purpose? What's your vision? You know, and, and you might ask 10 people and get 10 different answers. Right. And that, as you say, the fact that you don't and everyone is absolutely crystal clear um, yeah. speaks volumes on that clarity of purpose because it drives everything you you do, doesn't it? And what I really like about what you've just said as well, Dan, is it's almost it helps you put those checks and balances in place because you can ask yourself those questions, as you said, you know, is yeah. it actually fairer? Is it better? Is it smarter? Because if, it, if the answer is ever no, well, then we probably shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. And, and there's some, 
you know, there's there's some big decisions that we've made on the back of that, you know, and some big commercial opportunities that we've turned down, you know, mm. with with people that we didn't want to be involved with, you know, which for an independent business, you know, without the huge coffers, you know, behind us, those those are big decisions. But you know, our our, our mentality is very much that you know you might turn one or two things down, but but that will come back to us, you know, in, in spades in in different ways. Those kind of yeah. Things. I think you're right. And, you know, I mean, we'll we'll talk a bit more about the, the diversity and inclusion. And it's something I'm massively passionate about. One, as you say, having been, you know, very often the only woman in the boardroom over my various points of my career. Um, but just I think you absolutely have taken that as a as, as being a champion, really, um, for the sector, not just in terms of gender diversity, but, you know, racial, you know, sexual orientation, diversity, the whole thing. And, and in fact, you and I are both judges, aren't we, on the every woman in travel? We are indeed. Yeah. Which, which is yeah. great because we, yeah. we've definitely got sort of, a you know, a lot of alignment, I think, in terms of our values associated with that. Yeah. But, you know, you're right. Those those purposeful uh, decisions often aren't commercially driven, um, you know, but 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 it does actually, as you say, the law of reciprocity, I believe, ends up coming coming back to you in, in different ways over time. Um, and I think, you know, that those those um, decisions perhaps are easier to make when you are an independent business. You know, yeah. and, and I, I, I've never tired of telling my team particularly over the last few months, you know, we are better off as an independent business, you know, in mm. particularly, you know, coming on to, you know, the dreadful period that, that we've been in recently. Um, you know, as an independent business, you know, we can make these decisions, um, you know, without anybody else getting in the way. And I think that's really, really appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and the, the whole ethos of this podcast, you know, Brave, Bold, Brilliant, it's to reach, you know, all levels of businesses, whether you're a startup entrepreneur, you know, literally with you and your laptop and your phone in the, on the kitchen table, or if you're a large corporate international business, um, actually a lot of the principles, you know, go across the piece. But as an independent, as you say, you're much more in control of your own destiny, um, and and actually, I, what, I was really interested what you said, Dan. Just let just let me take you back a little bit to that 2013 mm. period where you know you were out there essentially, I suppose, presenting the business for sale to a whole bunch of potential buyers, um, and you had this this sort of I don't know if it was a light bulb moment, um, but you you certainly had a came to a realization that actually, hang on a minute, we could do this ourselves here. We could do a management yeah. buyout, which yeah. essentially is yeah. what you did, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I was. I mean, I wasn't part of every meeting, but I, w- I was in a in a couple of meetings with one party in particular. Mm. Um, and and you know, and I, I'm sure you've been part of sale processes and things in your career. Yeah. But you know, when when you you sat with someone you, and you think, you know, you're not you're not going to do a good job for this brand. You're probably going to bring us into your business and and you know and slash the costs and 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 uh, you know we're going to be diminished instead of uh, being large you know by joining your business and it was a it was a frustration of that um yeah as much as anything that that, that led me to, to to make that make that move um yeah. and i yeah. you know I'll, I'll always uh, i think I, I said it already but you know it was it was the belief in this brand which i think you know was being undervalued by the previous owner um, and it was belief in in some of the the, the people you know that, mm. that we had behind the brand. Yeah, and that's great. I mean, you know, so so for me, that was an incredibly brave decision, really, at the time, because it was a jump out of 
what you'd known, it's slightly into the unknown. Yes, okay, you knew the company and the business, but the very different to, you know, being an editor, to being the CEO, an owner, and having to deal with the, let's call it the more business side of the commerciality of running the business. So talk about how how that changed for you because it does require it did would have required a different a different approach from you from what you were very familiar with in this leap into the unknown really. Yeah, very much so. And actually I I didn't I remember very consciously in 2013 I didn't feel qualified to um to describe myself as a CEO um and I was I was managing director. Mm. Um, and I, and then I very consciously promoted myself to CEO in 2018 to celebrate our, our, uh, our fifth anniversary. So I thought I kind of earned that, earned that now. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's in a way it wasn't, it wasn't complicated. Um, but yes, whilst, you know, I, I hadn't had a direct entrepreneurial background and I had you know, largely had a journalistic career, um, but I have worked on a number of um, very entrepreneurial projects over the years, you know, mm. different events, different initiatives. Um, but when it came to this period, um, I decided the most important thing was to be surrounded by the best people and by the, by the best advice and um, not to kind of think, oh, you know, because this is my brand now, I can do what I want. But, you know, so we went to, a, you know, blue chip accountants, and professional services firm you know, that supported us, you know, and I had a, some advisors that I was very close to in that period um, that, that helped, you know, in certain key areas. And that was, that was one of the, one of the key things that kind of bridged me into that kind of, kind of business career. Um, yeah, a, a lot of, a lot of reading on, on my part, um, some very, very late nights um, and very um, you know, intensive work. But, but again, and I'll always, when I get passionate about a company, I'll always get passionate about the team as well and how uh, whilst it was it was my business, um, you know, the the senior the senior members of the team at the time and particularly Pippa Jacks, so incredibly well known in the industry and, and rightly so in our, our group editor that's actually on maternity leave um, at, at the moment, um, you know, is extremely supportive, um, as well as a number of other senior people at that time. Um, and in, in, our, our editor now is also very well known, Sophie Griffiths. She's, she's usually on BBC News uh, if, you, if you happen to have it on. Um, and there's a travel story. But um, Sophie at that time had actually gone a, on a sabbatical from the old business. So when she came back, he came back and joined the new business a few months a few months later, um, which was which was kind of funny. But um, yeah, so I, I think it's that combination of things of having the right external advice, having um, you know, and I know this is one of your things, Jeanette, but, you know, being open-minded enough to kind of educate yourself. Um, mm. ideas, um, but also, you know, having the right people internally, um, you know, supporting you on that, on that move was, was very important. And then, you know, some of those, those, um, those values, I guess, that we all hold dear and, and, you know, confidence is incredibly important. Um, you know, if you're going to make a move like that, you've got to, got to be confident and believe that, that it's going to it's going to work out um and and persistence to to get that um to get that through you know i think yeah no i mean there's loads in here you, you're absolutely right you know i think it takes um you know a a strong leader to recognize that you can't do everything and that you do need to surround yourself with really smart people <laughs> and you mm. don't 
everything. You don't have all the answers, do we? You know, and I think sometimes when when people look at you know, leaders like yourself, they they might think, oh gosh, well, you know, well, Dan Dan's got all the answers, right? He knows what he's doing. And, and the reality is that there is no there is no magic, you know, sort of script for any of this stuff. And very often, you know, it, it's actually recognizing that and doing exactly what you did, surround yourself with the right people. Um, yeah. You touched a little bit on um, a word which I use a lot, belief, um, mm. sort of or mindset piece really around self-belief. So, so mm. talk me through that a little bit because you, you did touch a little bit on where you said, I didn't feel I, I sort of could almost call myself a CEO because I, you know, I didn't really believe that, that I sort of was in that. <laughs> so maybe a little bit of the old imposter syndrome kicking in there, but absolutely yeah. in the confidence and the, and the self-belief to move forward with what you did with the MBO. Talk to me about mindset and, and kind of how you've maybe had to work on that over the years. Well, I, I um, yeah, going back to that thing, it's just a job title, but I felt I needed to earn that, you know, I wouldn't say I didn't believe that that's where I was going, but I needed to earn that before I could just just call myself that. And and yeah, this this area of belief, um, this area of, of resilience as well, which is, is kind of kind of goes hand in hand with that. And there are certainly two things I talk to my own my own children about. And I've I've come you know, belief and resilience as as you go through. And and how do you how do you build those those things? And 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 I think. To a degree, it, it takes time and it grows with time. There are no shortcuts to that, to that kind of you know, belief. And anyone says that you know, they're full of it at 21, you know, is, 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 well, they're full of something, but I, I don't know what they're full of. When they're, when, or, or, or that would be my take in, anyway, because I, I wasn't full of belief that when I was 21, I probably would have, would have become an actor. You know, I, I, had, I was probably racked with self-doubt you know, at that time. But I think you know there, there's sometimes there is no no substitute for experience and for the for the years you know as as you go on. Um, but I, I think what's also really interesting and without going into too much detail is how your your personal life can really inform your business life and and actually mm. give you the the resilience. Yeah, in some senses the belief when things go wrong. Actually, when some but sorry when things go right. Um, but actually, sometimes when if you have tough things to deal with in your in your personal life, they can somehow give you real resilience in your business life because they um, put things into perspective, um, and and you get a sense of what's really important in life, and or, you know, and and so I think you can take a real resilience from your personal life into into business, and that's been so important that sense of resilience and fortitude over the past over the past year. Yeah, no, I mean that that's absolutely true. And and I think a lot of people don't always talk about that because sometimes I think, you know, we, we almost think we have to project a certain image in business, maybe, or you know, if we if we, you know, if we admit that we're having a hard time and and I don't know, maybe something's not going so well in the on the personal side of things, it's it's seen as like a weakness, you know. And of course it isn't. You're absolutely right, because that's really when you you dig deep and you realize what's so important in life. And it does help you, I think, not sweat the small stuff as much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so so I think that's that's really um really empowering for people that might be listening that maybe are having some struggles in their personal life and and actually yeah. through that adversity, you know, when you come through the other side, it can make you a lot stronger in your personal and business life, as you say. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a great perspective. And and in terms of sort of dealing with failure, 
and I don't like the word because I because I don't think we ever fail. We just learn stuff, right? Is my perspective. You know, yeah. maybe go, maybe going back to the acting, the early years for you, Dan. You know, you you obviously were passionate about. You wanted to be an actor, and you gave it a go, and okay, it didn't kind of work out. Did did that impact you at all in terms of sort of how you dealt with that situation? Um, I mean, obviously you've had a very successful career since, but at that point, how, how was that when you were thought you were going to do one thing and then that didn't quite play out as you anticipated? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you know, coming back to the point around belief, it really was a lack of belief actually that mm. that meant that I I didn't carry on carry on down that road. How did I deal with it at the time? I, I guess I I wanted to pursue another what I viewed as another kind of exciting exciting career, you know, by getting into the media and and actually, you know, my first job in the media as a newspaper reporter, you know, on the Cambridge Town Crier, you know, was was it, it, again I I think I already said Hamleys was my most exciting job, but, but this was also. <laughs> This was also quite an exciting job, just being a local paper reporter and bombing around. I felt like I owned the city of Cambridge at the time because I didn't even own a car, but I'd bomb around on my bike or on the company's car. And, uh, and so that, that, that was quite exciting, that job. And you know, I was doing things like interviewing Sirian McKellen when he, came, when he came to Cambridge for the Cambridge Film Festival and um, all sorts of di- different stuff. And... Um, so I, I guess it, I wanted to be excited by what I was by what I was doing, and um, I mean it paid an absolute pittance, you know, which is why I got into into magazines, um, you know, after that. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, you you've got to do something that excites you, you know, and you know there are and there are so many cliches around this, aren't there? You know, do something you love, and you'll never do a day's work in in your life. And and for most of my career, not all of it, but for most of my career. I, I think I've been lucky enough to be able to say that, you know, that, that mm. I love, love what I do. And um, in a way, you know, particularly now, you know, the, the challenges at the moment. So I, I think I think that's that's how to, um, to to cope with that disappointment is to is to, to love what you do. You know, find find another way of um, being motivated, you know, with with the next thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 one of the. This may be an answer to a previous question, actually. But one of one of the things that I've I've used to help me get stronger in in the past few months, actually, is um, going back to the Stoics. So the whole thing around Stoicism and um, and 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 fronting up um, challenges and believing in in the next step. Um, there's something called the the Stockdale paradox. I don't know if, if you've come across that where. There was this um, U.S. Um, Army Admiral, uh, Navy Admiral, that was captured in the in the Vietnam War, and um, you know he got through this terrible period of being a prisoner of war by believing um, that that the whole period would 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 be the making of it. Would be um, he would prevail. He never wavered in that. He knew it would be tough, but mm. he believed that that was the, the defining moment of his life. Um, and there's a difference between that kind of kind of stoicism and blind optimism, you know, and, and too much blind optimism uh, in business um, will get you absolutely nowhere. But that, that inner belief that comes from knowing that you will prevail and that knowing that if you could just pan out, you know, these moments of your life are the defining moments and, and you'll be able to look back 
at, at that as the defining moment and that it will have been a positive experience. You know, that that sort of sense um, is is something that I've used, I think, you know, in, in different periods to really, really take me through. That's great advice. Honestly, for anyone listening that's kind of going through turbulent times or challenges in business, personal, that that's really, really sound sound advice, Dan, you know, that's brilliant. It's that ability to be able to just, like I say, kind of pan out, you know. Sometimes yeah. you're so close to things that you can't see the bigger picture. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and you know, there's awful, awful times. And, you know, uh, and particularly, again, you know, in recent months, you know, people have lost their jobs and, and not, not, not sure what's happening next. But, and, it, and it's awful. And never to, to de- devalue, denigrate any, any, any experiences anybody's been through. But, it does help just to kind of pan out and try and look at the sweep of your life, you know, and, mm. and, and as we all hope, <laughs> this period now is, is not going to dominate the rest of our working life. Yeah. But, but, but is, is a period that we will all get through. And, um, and actually the, the opportunities that come out of this period um, are, are going to be mirrored, you know, in the longer term. Um, mm. But that doesn't, doesn't help in the short term, but it helps you feel better. Yeah, no, I think that's great. That is, and there's a big piece about context, isn't there? Actually, and and as you say, stepping out from the the detail, and sometimes you're in the weeds and you just can't see because there's so much that you're just firefighting, and you know you just feel like you're drowning sometimes with things. But actually, you're absolutely right. If you can just create some space and stillness for yourself to just literally get that fresh perspective. Yeah. So it's a bit like, you know, people, my mum used to always say to me, well, just sleep on it. And, <laughs> but there's yeah. so much in there because when yeah. you wake up in the morning, all of a sudden, whatever was the big problem, it's still yeah. a problem, but maybe it's not quite so unmanageable as it was the day before when you were yeah. getting really yeah. pet. It's, it's that yeah. aspect, isn't it? Which I think I, think I, I say something similar, like, like live with it for a few days or, or yeah. Yeah, tough decisions to make and you know live with it for a few days and the, and the right the right path forward emerges you know and I, I yeah. guess it's back to that point of the time and being careful not to make you know big decisions on on a on a knife edge you know yeah absolutely absolutely let's talk a little bit Dan about the about the sort of the the situation you know that you the last you know sort of well it's nearly 12, pretty much 12 months isn't it that we've been living mm. in this very very difficult world of covid and and everything and you know certainly the travel industry is one of the sectors that has been most affected um along with hospitality but i'd say travel more so for many reasons mm. um, so without just, the sector specific support that, that hospitality has had uh, Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, and the industry is full of, you know, people, resilient characters that, you know, we know, both of us know and love. Um, but talk to us about how how you've uh, um, had to deal with the challenges um, as TTG um, and, and you as a leader as well, you know, how you, the approach you've taken with the team, that I think could be really helpful for people to hear. Yeah, sure. I mean, well, we went into this period, so as, as I mentioned earlier, and forgive me for mentioning it again, but we were the independent publishing company of the year. You know, we picked up yeah. a whole bunch of awards in November 2019, uh, coming into this year, big growth plans, you know, the best position that we've been in after the best year commercially that we'd had since I founded the new business in 2013. Um, and it was all rolling. And then you know, as without without going into too much of the history, you know, it was really February that we were 
noticing, oh, hold on, this isn't, you know, this this is actually going to have an impact. And, and mm. for us, you know, as a media business, it was when we started noticing some Far East clients were, you know, were kind of pulling out. Um, and then that became a bit of a snowball into March, you know, and, and this, we're talking, you know, print advertising, digital advertising, event sponsorship, you know, we had all sorts of stuff that was in the pipeline. Um, you know, and, and naturally we, you know, we, we were very fair with all our, all our commercial partners, you know, and we moved activity, we cancelled activity. Um, and that was so important to be, to be upfront, you know, externally. Um, and, you know, I guess, and, and every business will recognise that. And, you know, we weren't helped by the pronouncements from the prime minister that, oh, it should be over by June or it should be over by September or it'll all be over by Christmas. You know, so yeah. it's that, that planning. It's the planning's been, been week to week, you know, yeah. you know, literally in some cases changing plans um, every week. Um, but how have we as a, as a team got through that? Um, and I, um, again, going back to, there was a week, wasn't there, when everyone flipped from working in the office to working at home. I think it was around March the 20th. Yeah. last year and I, I remember the first day when I sat at this desk um, in the morning and thinking about how the team was that had been very united and anyone that knows us knows that we're a very close-knit team yeah. at TPG yeah. Yeah, but all absolutely. of a sudden all of a sudden the team was working from kitchen tables you know from bedrooms from sofas you know spread out across the southeast of the country um, and I we um, we use Slack um, which I'm sure most people are familiar with, you know, as a communication tool. We used it a bit when we were office-based, but actually since we've been working remotely, it's it's been absolutely incredible for us mm. the way that we've been able to use this tool. And and I would say, without any exaggeration, we're much better connected as a team than we ever were when we were in the office. Oh, because wow. Of the way that, because of the way that we use this application, the way everyone mm. is aware of, of what's going on. Um so, so Slack's very helpful. Every morning, um, I I sort of put on a short sort of morning blog for the team, um, sort of setting the tone, updating people on some key activity that's going on or things people need to know. So that's kind of how my working day begins at, at kind of kind of eight thirty, um, and then that goes out to the goes out to the to the team on Slack. Um, but it's um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, there, are, there are many answers to that question, really. But, um, you know, I think the key, and, and again, I think this is easier in an independent business, but the key has been being transparent and honest yeah. and open with everyone at every stage. So we've been, been very open with the rest of the team about the financials of the business, um, you know, very open when we, we have had a restructure, you know, and we, we very sadly did have to have to let some of the team go you know and that yeah. happened for us last august and you know it's very important the way to handle that you know it, as upfront as i could be you know um myself going back to probably the most challenging thing in my career was was when i was on a redundancy list in in 20, uh, 2009 around the last recession you know and i i was i was one of those that was about to leave but actually i managed to fight that at the time and i and I stayed with the business, but I, I think, um, you know, I've, I've tried in every, in every sense possible to, to show that empathy with, with the team, you know, those who had to leave, um, unfortunately, but, but also those who had to stay and all the challenges that we, 
we face ongoing you know it's almost yeah. you know, survivor's guilt you know among <laughs> among um you know which which can stay with the teams um and one of the one of the, and i'll come back to talk about some of the operational things we've done on the business but that's why i got this train of thought you know following that through um i must actually really praise tom on my team tom parry who's come up with this whole initiative we're calling get travel talking you know, which recognizes, you know, the real challenges, the, the emotional challenges that, that we're all facing yeah. um, going through this. And, and Tom, has, Tom has driven this personally. We've run a series of seminars on this topic. And actually going into this year, we've invited everyone to make, a, everyone in the industry to, to make a pledge for either their own mental health or for their team or their company. So it's, it's putting that focus on, on that area, you know, as much as, as on some of the business practices. Yeah, God, there's so much in there, and and I think you're you're right. You know, if you can if you can put new structure in place, communication, transparency, when you have to make those tough decisions, which you know pretty much all businesses are having to do. You know, you do it with humility and grace, and and be as fair with people as as possible, don't you? But you know, you don't you can't shy away from having to make the tough calls either, can yeah. you? You know, because yeah. otherwise the yeah. business won't survive, and no one will therefore have a position. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, and just coming back to the operational piece. So, you know, when when our our market collapsed, you know, as the travel industry collapsed last March, you know, we were able to very quickly take our weekly magazine and make it digital only. So, yeah. you know, every week, you know, we have very significant print bills, very significant postage bills. So actually suspending the print publication, still running it as a digital magazine, as a magazine, but, but only distributing digitally um meant that we could save quite a lot of money very quickly you know which was very helpful yeah. um and then we suspended our tbd luxury publication which was a separate publication um and for the time being that's been incorporated into tbg although we fully intend to bring that back this this summer um but as we got into as i say you know that deathly period when you're waiting for good news but you know it's a bit of a spiral wasn't it in the first mm. the first few months and then there was a bit of optimism around the summer and you know it was um you know one of the things i've learned over the years is to to talk you know it's, it's i know it's not rocket science but to talk to our customers and talk mm. to our community and talk to our audience constantly you know and we didn't used to and we made we made mistakes by not doing that and but yeah. we're very close to our market these days and um, yeah, the, the time was right for us to bring back the magazine in September. You know, it was for a couple of reasons we brought TPG back in print as a monthly. Um, now, w w one reason was simply because the pace of change and the pace of news, you know, was no longer reflected in a in a weekly magazine. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's that's a general media trend that that was you know been going on for years anyway. And I guess in that yeah. respect. You know what's happened really hastened that that change for us, um, and we felt that a monthly magazine, you know, better did a better job from there on. Uh, but but I wouldn't make any bones about the fact that the second reason was the fact that um, it's more cost effective. <laughs> I wouldn't say for us to produce a you know one yeah. high quality substantial monthly magazine as opposed as opposed to four weekly magazines a month. Um, yeah. yeah. So that 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 was a big change we went through. The the other I guess. You know, putting to one side all the cancelled events and and the, the huge stream of online events that we've been running, and which, you know, I'm, I'm quite proud of how we've uh, we've I won't use the word pivot, um, but but the way that we've moved into that space in in the past few months. Um, but the second big 
you know, and, and I think it's a significant change for us as a business was that in September, we quietly introduced membership of TTG. So we launched something called TTG Plus, you know, whereby we are inviting our online community to sign up for membership of, uh, and, and it's a monthly paid for membership where um, they get all sorts of benefits. You know, I mentioned earlier the, the archive, but actually there's more kind of business critical benefits we offer. For example, we do a regular travel agent research called the Travel Agent Tracker. Uh, we're doing all sorts of online events, as I mentioned, and they're open to anyone joining our TTG Plus membership stream. Um, and there's plenty of other benefits. Uh, a suppliers directory that we we update all the time with with new contacts at the travel companies because they're changing so fast. Um, and the other thing that you get is full unlimited access to our website. So we 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 have transitioned from being an entirely free content business to mm-hmm. becoming uh, to inviting paid for membership and you know we don't make any any bones about that you know that's an important step for us in our in our evolution you know that but given the set of circumstances um you know given the backdrop of what's going on in the wider media it was a very sensible step for us to take and it it's just you know it's us holding up our hands and saying you know it, it's dreadful for all of us and uh, we're a business too and um you know I'm, I'm really pleased to say that you know that's been well supported by the industry uh, and we've made some, made some change. You know, we're learning with that ourselves as we go on. We've made made some changes uh, recently coming into 2021. Um, but I'm, overall, I'm really pleased with the take up of that, and uh, I, I hope to see that continuing to to grow in, oh. uh, in 2021. Well, no, that's great. I mean, because within we're just by giving that example, um, Dan. You know, I think it, it it sort of demonstrates well a couple of things. One, you know, there's a there's a prevalence of content right out there loads of content which is great because you you know you can educate yourself get loads of stuff for free in whatever field you're in but equally the opposite of that is it can become very noisy and actually mm-hmm. quality content and and backing yourself with that quality content to a point you go no well hang on a minute actually there's value to this and therefore there's a there's an investment required if you want that content um that's quite a, that's quite a shift um and i think you know in terms of you being brave and bold at a time when okay <laughs> Commercially, it makes sense. Yes, I get it. But also, you know, there's a lot of businesses that maybe would be more, would have been more nervous about that because of the risk associated with it. So mm. I think, you know, a, a approach to risk um, during times like this is also an important lesson, isn't it, as to how you can tackle tackle those those business challenges uh, and the risks involved with them as well. Yeah, in, in a curious way, and I, I don't know if other business owners feel the same, but but when when everything is as tough as it is, it, it liberates you a little bit. You know, yeah. maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe to take risks that you might not otherwise take because everything shit. Everything, uh, if you'll excuse my French, is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you, you can swear on this podcast; it's fine. <laughs> ah, fucking fantastic! Sorry, no. Um, <laughs> If, if you know if everything is really is really tough yeah then um you know you've got nothing to lose by taking risks and you know and i, I think you know there's a couple of other ways that we're going to do that this year and uh you know it's so so you know it's like i think you said that said earlier you know you've got to find the good things that come out of this period um, yeah. and you, you, you've got to find the innovations um you know that it's it's forcing you not forcing you into because we, we were going these ways you know, it, this way anyway as a business, or as part of a three-year plan actually. But it's it's definitely 
what's happened has definitely hastened our evolution and our change and and made us more more bold and um, definitely brave and, and hopefully time will tell if it's been brilliant as well. So. <laughs> I'll see what you did there, Dan. I'll see what you did. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. <laughs> 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 Fantastic. Um, listen, what I'd love to to kind of just explore with you now, Dan, if you don't mind, just, just a few final kind of questions, really, if I may. Um, so when you look back at your illustrious career, you know, in, in acting and in media and as an entrepreneur and a businessman and all those kind of different phases that you've gone through, uh, and this is quite a difficult question, but can you, can you think of the best piece of advice you've ever been given? And it, it doesn't have to be one, but it could be a couple but what what stands out have you had any standout advice over the years that stayed with you i i did this is one i was having a think about actually um and i know yeah one of my old bosses used to use a phrase um that, that, that you've got you've got to back your wins you 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 you, you can you can find yourself too spread out as a business with too many different mm. projects on the go too many too many different initiatives You've got to find the things that have the best chance of success and load as much as you can onto those things. So, to, you know, to, to back the winners in, in your business. And I, I, I subscribe to that, you know, and I think, um, you know, we talked about failures earlier without, without sort of defining one failure. You know, I, I recognize I could have been better actually at, um, over the years at kind of limiting some of the things that, that we do. I've talked a lot about being independent as a great strength. Um, Maybe sometimes I, I, sh- I could have done with someone tapping me on the shoulder and saying, calm down. You don't yeah. need to launch all that stuff. You know, focus, focus on on the two or three big things rather than those 10 smaller things, you know. And I, I think that's where that old boss was, was coming out with that advice. And it's taken a while, but I am definitely, definitely take that. Take that yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. That's great. And um, then funny, yeah. actually, another just to continue with that statement, another and this would be for anyone, you know, in corporate life, I guess, but that same boss used to advise me when I was in corporate life, he'd say, treat that money as if it's your own, you know, and run that that part of the business as if it's your own money, pretend it's your own money, and you'll get mm. more out of it. You know, the, the irony, and, I, and that's, I took that to heart, and now I guess it really is my own money, you know, when you when you run your own company, but it's... Yeah. Uh, it's good advice. Yeah. Yeah. No. That that's 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 great. And you're absolutely right because there are some similarities with corporate, and there's but there's a lot of differences. And I think one of the biggest differences when you're an entrepreneur and a, and a, and your own you know leader of your own business, you are investing mm. your own cash, and, mm. and that, that can be quite a hot start reality sometimes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, those are two two great pieces of advice. And can you think of any bad advice that you either took and wish you hadn't, or ignored because it was bad advice and you brushed it away? I was thinking about that one as well. And I, I couldn't really think of too much too much bad advice that I had. I, I could think of something that I thought at the time was was terrible advice, but turned out to be brilliant advice actually. So, so years ago, when we were when we had our corporate owner. Um, we were offered the opportunity to, to, to buy an awards ceremony that was up for sale, um, an awards program that's very well respected in the industry. And I, I really wanted to go for it. And I, I lobbied my um, my boss at the time within the company to say, you know, we need to get this together. We can do so much with this. And he, he advised me at the time, um, you know, we don't need to buy that. You can just do that yourself. Um, you know, and, and I... I remember 
you know, I, I totally disagreed with that. And I thought it was terrible advice because, because you know, that company, they were under-investing in us at the time. So we needed that kind of investment and the belief mm. came with that. Um, so that really rankled with me. But but then a couple of, literally a couple of years later, um, I, I was running the independent business and I never forgot that, that episode. And, and we set up a... a a, a different awards, which we call the top 50 travel agencies, actually, which has been, mm. you know, one of the most successful things that we've done as an independent business. It's going into its sixth year at the moment where we, we, we have a big program to celebrate the top 50 travel agencies. And, and, and that, that business, um, that, that business within a business, if you like, the top 50 travel agencies mm. program, you know, really sparked out of what I thought was that bad advice, you know, going, going all the way back. And realised that actually that that was right. We could we could just do it ourselves without. So I suppose you know the advice to come out of there is is be very careful. You know when when looking at businesses or projects or you know to acquire. Um, you know and, and ask yourself very carefully if you think you could do those things yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. What what value are you actually buying here versus yeah. organic and and. and yeah, um, we, with, yeah. with a fraction of that investment you might make externally, how can you make the investment intern to make mm. to make that happen for yourself? Yeah, yeah, no, that's great, and it's, and it's good to reflect, isn't it, on these things? Because like um, years later, yeah. it can come back to you. And, and that's something you know. I, I keep saying it, but obviously that's an independent business yeah. with with a mindset, you know, with a long term view. I've got I've got a long term view here. You know, I'm not 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 heading to get out of this. You know, anytime mm. soon. So you can take that. Obviously, if you're a corporate with different objectives and short short term objectives, sure. you might look at that completely differently. But um, but that's certainly you know something that worked worked for me that yeah. that mindset. Which leads me perfectly on to my next question in terms of what's next for Dan Pierce. <laughs> um, well, um, you asked me about the music sheet in the in the corner of of, um, of my room here. Um, uh, so I'm learning the violin actually so so i i spoke earlier about um and we'll come on to business stuff (laughs) but uh but i'm quite passionate about this at the moment because we spoke earlier about the get travels hawking initiative and and how you know we all take making pledges to for our own mental health and and you know for time for ourselves in 2021 and i've I've got you know busy family that um that I i love to bits um and you know um you know, all, all three of my kids, um, you know, take up a lot of my mental energy and my focus. Quite, quite apart from running the fantastic business at at, at TTG, um, but I recognised for a long time I needed a, an excuse, a third thing to kind of get me to focus um, mm. on myself. And 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 it's not enough to say, well, I'll I'll read for half an hour every day or whatever. So I've I've um, I asked my wife Steph to to get me a violin for Christmas. I've never played a musical instrument in my life. And I'm now doing weekly Zoom lessons, you know, that I have to commit to. And I have to commit to improve because I've told everyone that by next Christmas, I'm going to play We Wish You a Merry Christmas on, on the violin. But hopefully I'll be able to do that m- much, much sooner. So I'm quite excited about that, actually. It's quite yeah. fun. It's, yeah. um, so that, that's next for me personally. Probably was probably wasn't really what you wanted, was it? That that particular answer. Well, no, hang on a minute. I think that's brilliant advice because actually, you're you're so right. We're so often focused on what we're doing for the business and how we're going to take things forward in that sense. That very often we forget about ourselves and how important it is 
you know, to, for your well, your health, your well-being, yeah. you know, you as a yeah. person. So I think it's a brilliant answer, actually. Yeah. What's that that old adage that that you you know why why when you're on the plane and they give you the safety advice, why do they advise you to cover your own face mask yeah. before you worry about anybody else? So definitely take that take that to heart and. And you know how can you how can you look after anybody else, your business, your family, if you're not looking after yourself? You know, I, I think you know. I, I, I'm saying this like oh, I'm perfect at this because I'm I'm really not, but I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to get better. You know, yeah. um, so I hopefully I'll I will be able to look after myself a little bit better in uh, in 2021. Um, yeah, um, um, you know, with regards to TTG, I mean, we're we're very clear really on um on our kind of three year plan at the moment uh, and again you know being being transparent um i guess being transparent with all your listeners but it, i mean it ain't rocket science you know last year let's be honest last year was about survival it was mm. about survival for most businesses really uh, and, it, and in many respects it still what still is because you know we spent so much of the year saying oh i can't wait for 2021 you know and you get into 2021 and for those of us in the travel industry <laughs> can i go back to 2020 please um <laughs> But, but it's no, it's not as bad as that because we know the vaccine's coming and there's lots of positives to look forward to. So uh, last year was survival. This year is consolidation as a business and nothing too spectacular. Although we, yeah. are, we are launching our, our new awards soon for, for September. Um, and back to serious growth um, next year. And I think, um, again, taking that long-term view, there's all sorts of things that we're, we're putting in place at the moment which should um, should really help towards that as a strategy. Brilliant. No, that's great to hear. So my final question, Dan, mm. um, is what does brave, bold, brilliant mean to you? Um, being brave, bold, brilliant. Whichever way you want to interpret it. <laughs> okay, being brave, bold and brilliant. I, I think um, I've, I've talked a bit about time on this on this podcast as well in this in this conversation and, and about how um you know you, you definitely get a different perspective i probably sound like someone that had a significant birthday recently which i did um in december and and i i guess as you get a bit older you get that that pressure of, of time and and that sense of you know this is it um and i think that does help you be braver and bolder you know in, in your business life and and certainly um yeah okay i turned 50 um, without being uh, <laughs> too vague about it <laughs> and i'm now looking at my 50s and, I, and i'm and i am really gonna you know i'm uh, definitely braver and bolder certainly than i was in my in my 20s and 30s um you know in, in this in this next next decade because without any cliches you know this is it isn't it you know and, and i think I, I, but I really embrace that as well. I don't moan about being in my fifties because I, I think it's a, it's a fantastic age to be because you, you've still got that um, energy or, or as much of it as you, you can muster. But you've also got, you know, and I'm, uh, uh, you know, I was going to say wisdom, but I don't want to sound like some sort of know-it-all. But you, you're a little bit older and wiser, aren't you? And the perspective that you have at this stage of life, I think, um, really, really sets you up. Um, so yeah, brilliance. Um, you know, as a company, TDG will conti- continue to be brilliant. You know, thanks to our our brilliant, brilliant team, and, and I, I can't underline that too much because there are plenty of stars in the team that are often the ones that are on the BBC or out in the public eye presenting the awards. But 
to a man, you know, and the team that I have at the moment, I've, I've never been, been prouder of. And I know that all of our own sort of smarter, better, fairer development as we go on will be, be driven by, by our team. Brilliant. That's fantastic. And where can people find you, Dan? Uh, people can find me on Twitter uh, at Daniel Pierce um, or LinkedIn um, or on email dpierce at tdgmedia.com. Um, any, any way you like, really. Um, all over. You're all over it, Dan. Just, just don't <laughs> knock on my front door unless you're wearing a mask and you stand back. <laughs> or my wife won't be happy. <laughs> Pleasure. Well, listen, thank you so much. It's been brilliant chatting with you. And I really appreciate you taking the time because I know how busy you are. So thank you, Dan. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Really enjoyed it. And thank you. It was a real privilege to, to be asked to talk with you. Oh, fantastic. Thanks so much.